Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. What if I told you that I can tell you right now what teams won't win a Super Bowl based on one metric? Oh, wow. Yeah, I got you. Geek Squad. I got you. I'm going full. I put the glasses on, going full Geek Squad. Uh, I'm Jason Fitz sitting with the American Dream, Bart Scott. And we're in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. The amount of 80s wrestling references are about to get out of control. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. So were you, like, just as we were coming back from break, Bart mentioned, uh, you know, he was doing a little bit of Dusty Rhodes impersonation. Like, were you a big 80s wrestling guy, Bart? Was I? Like, come on, man. Like, Hulk Hogan was like... You know, baby Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Tell me to eat my vitamins, say my prayers. Mm. That's where, see, this is a problem. For you know me. I got tapped out by Kurt Angle, right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know I was with Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, man. Those are my peoples. I, I Okay, so didn't know that. Um, and now I'm incredibly jealous. Yeah, so like... Uh, a, a problem for me as a personality. I always go for the other guy in everything. So I was a Macho Man guy, not a Hulk Hogan oh, guy. Like Macho of, Man, oh, one of the best interviewers yeah. of all time. I, and so, like as I've been telling you all morning, I'm going through these workouts, right? So what I do is I put old '80s wrestling pay per views on while I'm working out to distract yeah. me. So I'm like in 1989 right now, oh, SummerSlam. Okay. So like so, I'm going back to like '87 and I'm doing all the big pay per views yeah. every year to go through. So you them. got you got to go one of the most entertaining things. You got to go Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Ric Flair. Some epic battles right and you All talk in. about guys that are entertaining it's like guys like Goldberg guys like Hulk Hogan they only got three or four moves so it's really boring because they're gonna give you a little gorilla press give you a leg drop nothing to see here but you talk about guys like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Ric Flair like the showmanship the craftsmanship macho man from the top rope oh yeah snap it to a slim gym you know what I'm saying I love that man because he can sell it to Piper's Pit all that stuff I'm talking about uh, what's his name? Uh, Lonnie Love. I love you. Oh, the faces are, are, yeah, are a delight man. for the radio audience. So I'll tell you my. You want my Ric Flair story? I'm going to give you my yeah, Ric Flair yeah. story. I'm traveling a couple of years ago, a couple of seasons ago, I was part of the digital show that led up to game day. So me yeah. and uh, Maria and David Pollock, and we were we were doing the show every weekend. So we were in Georgia. And uh, they were like, hey, Ric Flair's going to be here. Do you want to do some pre-tape stuff with oh. Ric Flair? And for me being an 80s wrestling fan, I'm like, oh, my God, yes. So I went and hung out with him for the day, and we did all these pre-tapes. The greatest guy, like the yes. nicest guy. So then he shows up for our digital pre-game show right before game day, and he had brought these custom-made championship belts that he had signed, and he brought one for Pollock wow. and one for Maria because he knew them. And we didn't know it. And so, like, he was, it was so apologetic in the morning. In the moment, he's like, hey, sorry, I didn't, I, I, I we didn't know each other. Yeah. I brought one for. You went on the Scotter Report. Yeah, but here's the, here's the real mm, with me. So, like, he gives one to Pollock and one to Maria Taylor, right? And yeah. then right after that, immediately after he walks off set, because Pollock is maybe the nicest guy ever. There was a little kid there that was such a fan. And Pollock just looks over and he's like, I don't need this here. Oh, and so he gave no. the custom Ric Flair championship belt that WWE Woo! made, signed Woo! by Ric Flair. And I'm looking over there thinking, like, can I take it from Yo, the kid? I don't know if I can take it come from on, the man. kid. Come on, man. You should have bought it from the kid. I, oh. You see, that's your little cheap. You nah, you're right. your pocket. You should have bought it from the kid. The kid would have bought, bought a PlayStation or something, and you would have had something that the iconic Ric Flair, probably outside of Hulk Hogan, the second most important wrestler in history, and you let it walk away for 20 bucks? Yeah, no, you're right. No, okay, you, so. disappoint, you disappoint me. You go in the corner for the rest of the segment. I got this ESPN. <laughs> oh, man, this is oh, he's not. not wrong. Like, I'm disappointed by my own cheapness. I didn't, I'm so cheap, I didn't even think of bribing a kid. And the kid would have taken it. Like, course. I was a game they don't day. Know. He I don't know. Pre- he can't appreciate it. 
Rick Flair? Like I probably, I could have gotten like Herbie to come down and do like a meet and greet thing, like greased everybody a little bit on that, and like oh, you could have bought him a funnel cake and you'd have been straight. Somebody clip this off with the bosses at ESPN. Let's send it to Ric Flair and just, yeah. hey, Rick, like, I'm, I'm openly pleading with you. I, I still want a championship. Belt. I tried to buy one of his robes. Oh, see, that's because you live in that Bart Scott world. Like, in the Jason Fitz world, unless the robe, and like, now, if it's an action figure version of the robe for like 30 bucks on eBay, uh, maybe. But he, like, he used to have this old lady that used to make him hand to hand be like, you think about his robes, Macho Man's, all the, like, the stones and I feel like but the be it's like be dazzled for men. You know what yeah. I'm saying? People don't understand that wrestling is like a soap opera for men, right? All the stories and stuff that goes on. Now, I don't need the bachelor. Give me some good old wrestling. Now these guys nowadays, they're flawed superstars, you know, because they can't really work the mic like those guys used to back in the day. I mean, you talk about Piper's Pit hitting uh, snook in the head with the coconut. Oh man, I'm here for all that smoke. If I redid my life, I would have become a manager in, in wrestling. Yeah, Just yeah. like I, I thought running like, my mouth. You yeah. look like a little Jimmy Hart. Thank you. you got very punchable face. Oh, I mean, you would have been man. able to sell that you know, perfectly. You can play the perfect heel. Oh, this is, see, I'm just going to use your connection somehow to get back to Flair. You look like All the right. Dynamite Kid a little bit, oh. by the way. Uh, well, like, because I'm getting super no, jacked. No, not that like, kid. I'm getting no, not that, no, not the Dynamite Kid from British Bulldog. The dy- like, uh, oh, the one, two, three kid. I'm uh, sorry. I misspoke. One, two, three kid. Well, sorry. Kinda, you got popcorn muscles. But I've been, I've been doing workouts. All right. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. You, you like a band guy. You like a band guy. You're not putting no, no pig iron on there. You up there with the resistance bands. Uh, that, uh, wait, hey, you Glorified know what? Pilates. Uh, uh, God, you're not even wrong. Like the little resistance bands with the leg workouts are such a pain in the butt. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz, uh, while we've already now uh, decided which one of us is absolutely putting the analytics uh, uh, glasses on, that's what I'm going to do right now for you. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to tell you one thing that eliminates everybody, any team, from Super Bowl contention. You ready for it? Let's do it. Paying anybody the highest paid at their position. Hear me out. I had our great team at ESPN Stats and Info. I'll credit to Ryan Bissell. Did a great job for us. I had him track all the way back to five years. Now, I'm going to eliminate kickers and punters because they're not football players, according to you guys. They're not even people. We're going to take every other position in the NFL over the last five years. Mm -hmm. One player, Rob Gronkowski, has been the highest paid at his position and won a Super Bowl. Nobody else has. Okay. So everybody comes in and says, oh, my God, you can't pay a quarterback and win. Guess what? You can't pay anybody and win. So if you're the 49ers that's out there paying Kittle, that's out there paying, throwing money out this week, right? If if you're throwing money out at Warner, if you're uh, everybody that's looking at Darius Leonard, we all think is going to get a massive deal. Here's the word for everybody. If you pay your favorite team, your, your favorite player, like he's the best in the NFL, you will not win a Super Bowl. Think about that. Hmm. So you're saying no shot for ever for um, like uh, this year. It's Aaron, average annual value like, by like year. Aaron so, Donald, right? You're like Aaron Donald's not in there. So, so, so this anybody. year, like you can eliminate Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Hopkins. So like right now, based on the, the graphic we have up for the radio people, we have a graphic up highest paid players by position by average annual value. So I can tell you that the Chiefs, the Panthers, the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Chargers, the Colts, uh, the Rams and the Broncos have no shot at the Super Bowl. No it's shot. only been done once in all of the positions in the last five years, and that's Gronk. I think my homeboy would probably have a little something to say about that. I, I think he may take that bet from you. Which, which homeboy? My homeboy. Oh, Mahomes? Yeah, my homeboy. Yeah, well, we all thought, well, first of all, we all thought Mahomes was going to win it last year. Didn't work out. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, it didn't work out for him. And by the way, Gronkowski did it in 2018. So if you even look over the last three years, like that's that's it. 
That's it. Twenty eight. If you go all the way back to 2016, he's the only person that did it. He did it in 16 and 18. No other player has done it at all in the last five. So what you're saying, if you're going to pay somebody to have a shot, it better be a tight end. Yeah, well, it better be Gronk. Like, you're going to pay somebody to have a shot, better be Gronk. But it, it speaks to sort of the process of how certain teams have managed to get it done. I mean, yeah. you, you have to look across the board and say, hey, when you pay somebody, and we've become so sort of callous to this conversation on the quarterback side. Like, there's this mantra that once you pay a quarterback, you can't win, which also isn't really true when it comes to getting to the You're Super a lot more Bowl. Difficult. Uh, but yeah, it does make it more difficult. But the argument I would make is that realistically, you need to, every single fan needs to spend more time focused on the draft and the first four to five years yeah. of every draft class than they do about anybody that's getting paid. Because once you have to reward your own players, which is the right thing to do, right. but once you reward them at an epic level, you just can't win a Super Bowl. I mean, it's surprising to think that, well, that, that one of the Legion of Boom when Russell won, it wasn't getting paid a lot of money. Or when Ben first won his first title, like one of those defensive players like Joey Porter or somebody wasn't making like the most money. I mean, that's, that's, that's an interesting stat, but I think it could be a little bit, you're, you're digging too deep. I'm, you're killing me, Petey. I mean, I'm not digging deep. Like at, at the end you of the, the Geek Squad, look for well, the one. That is, yeah. <laughs> that is. You search most difficult, uh, unknown you know, uh, stat. I think that what bothers me the most about it is actually not the concept of not paying anybody. It bothers me that we become so just consumed with pay a quarterback and lose when, in yeah. fact, that's just the way it seems to work well, across recent, the board. Well, the recent history has been win with a young quarterback and then you're going to lose some pieces once you pay him, but he's got to prove and be ready to carry your team. Like Because, it, you know, I remember Ozzy, I can remember Tannenbaum, they would say, okay, well, Bart, if you want to get paid, you know, you want to get paid all this money, well, pick out the teammate that you want to lose. Right. Because what happens is when I pay you, that means I can't pay somebody else. So the key is to try and come in and not have to pay the quarterback. So that's why I always look at teams like that, because now you can you can make sure that you can make up for your mistakes. When you make a mistake and pay the wrong quarterback, you're stuck. You don't have any flexibility. But when you go out there and you're not paying a quarterback, you make a mistake on a linebacker and he didn't he doesn't work out. You can go get another linebacker and say, I'll eat that because you're not eating as much as you're eating if you pay a quarterback. Because, you know, that's a 40 million dollar mistake opposed to making an eight to 10 million dollar mistake. You know, you can recover from that in this modern day uh, football. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. All right. From Greek freak to MVP to NBA champion, the eight-year rise of an improbable superstar. We'll get it from an expert next. KJZ on your smart speakers. All you have to do is say play ESPN Radio. Booker on top against Tucker. Free throw line into the lane. Jump stop. Holiday rips it away. What a steal for Drew Holiday. 15 seconds left to Giannis for the flush. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. com. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bus, bus. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zoom ah. on ESPN Radio. <laughs> the ah is Bart Scott. I'm Jason Fitz. Yo. Oh, man, that is yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You you good? Like, you're doing a little shimmy. Love little, that, man. They say, oh. hey, bus a bus get you right, man. You talk about somebody that can match my energy, bus a bus brings it. You know, I'm, I'm trying. Does that, does that, that? Yeah, that one time at band camp. Oh, yeah, wow. Wow. A band, a band. That's where we are now. It's taken this long in our dating relationship for this to go there. All right. This is speed. Uh, <laughs> We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And uh, I think this is a great guest uh, to give everybody a, a real insight on one of the biggest talking points in all of sports right now. Not just the Milwaukee Bucks, but Giannis Antetokounmpo. We're joined by Miran Fader, author of Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. So, Miran, really appreciate you joining us. You just heard Giannis talking about his pride. How does that mentality align with what you learned about him when you were writing the book? He's always been like that, you know, when he was younger, he wasn't even really thinking about basketball stardom. He was thinking about just trying to survive. So I think he had no choice but to be humble, always be in the moment because you don't know where your next meal is coming from. You don't know what's going to happen to your family. So he's just always had to be present in that way. You know, it's crazy when you when you when you hear so heard some of the criticism of Giannis before, you know, this playoffs. Like, what did he show you like and, and what when you when you when you wrote the book? like the personality traits, what allowed him to be able to kind of evolve and, and, and how did he become so humble? I think it's vulnerability and just being a great listener. You know, a lot of times people come in the league, they think they know everything. Giannis was the complete opposite. He was like, I know I need work and I know I need to get better. And I think the willingness to learn and listen to the advice around him is what enabled him to grow so quickly. I mean, keep in mind, this is a guy that didn't even really play every day until he was about 16 years old. He's very, very young in his basketball years. We're talking to Miriam Fader, author of Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. I always think it's interesting when you set out to write a book about somebody, you know, you come in with sort of a preconceived notion most often of sort of what you're dealing with. What surprised you in, in working on this book? You know, what surprised me, I think, was uh, the emotional vulnerability of Giannis. You know, I learned from his childhood coaches and teammates that he very much openly cried when he was younger because he wanted so badly to be great. So if he had a bad game, he'd cry on the bench. If he felt like he didn't perform up to standard and his team lost, he would cry. And it went all the way to Milwaukee. That first year uh, as a rookie, he openly started crying on the bench one game. And the strength coach, Robert Hackett, had to say, like, look, we don't we don't do that in the NBA. Um, but I love that example so much because it shows the passion, the desire to be great. You know, for some athletes, it manifests in them being loud or yelling or angry. With Giannis, it's always been a deep sensitivity. And I think that has made him an empathetic person and player. I mean, you see the closeness between him and his brothers, his mother. How difficult was him in the early years, you know, coming from Greece and trying to adjust to American culture and, and, and really a city that he had never even heard of, didn't even know where it was located? 
Yeah, it was extremely difficult. I mean, one of the big reveals of the book, I think, uh, came from Alex's youngest brother, uh, Giannis's youngest brother, excuse me, Alex, who told me that if the family wasn't able to come over, Giannis basically told him, I want to go back to Greece. You know, I want to leave the NBA. Um, and the family kept getting denied. They got denied visas twice, um, according to my reporting. So it was very not a sure thing for them to come to America and be with him. And I think without them, Giannis felt so lonely and so lost. Uh, I don't think people realize how hard it is to come to a different country where you don't really know the language well. You don't know what's going on. And when you're used to sleeping side by side with your brothers, literally in the same bed, every day of your life and then suddenly it's just you that is a very very tough transition so how did all of that impact his decision to stay in milwaukee well, they finally did get to come over. Thank God that at the time, Milwaukee was owned by a U.S. senator in Herb Cole, and he was able to use his connections. Uh, it went pretty high up uh, through my reporting. I learned through, like, it's rumored the Secretary of State at the time helped this happen. Um, and once the family came over, Giannis was completely different. He was able to relax. He had joy. Um, the fears, the loneliness, it just subsided. And it's no wonder to me that his game really started taking off after that. What's the favorite? What's your favorite excerpt out of the book? Oh my gosh, my favorite anecdote is Giannis is a rookie. Um, He just comes to America. He's very brand new. Um, He is so used to the childhood he's had, where he's had to fear his parents being deported. So he learned from a young age that he can't trust anybody because there's always that anxiety of them getting deported. So he had to get his TV installed and in Milwaukee and a cable guy was supposed to come, but Giannis was distrustful. So he asked a Buck staffer to come join him. The Buck staffer is there. It takes many, many hours, nine to four. The Buck staffer gets really hungry while the installation is happening. He goes into Giannis's pantry. He eats three Oreos, doesn't think anything of it. The next day at practice, Giannis says, hey, did you take my Oreos? And the and the staffer is like, uh, what now? You know, and then and then Giannis is like, well, I noticed that three were missing and it just shocked the staffer. It shocked the staffer. You count your Oreos, but this is why I love this anecdote, because of course he counts his Oreos. This is a person that is so used to going without and so used to not knowing where the next meal is coming from. And just because you ascend uh, to a different country and make millions of dollars does not mean that you're not still traumatized from all you've gone through. And I just think that anecdote encapsulates everything he had gone through up to that point. We're talking to Miriam Fader, author of Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. I don't want to give the whole book away, but there's a great story about Danny Ainge going to Greece uh, to scout Giannis. Can you tell us a little of that? Yeah, so Danny Ainge and a couple members of his staff travel to this city in Greece called Volos. And it's a pretty far away place. Um, And they sit down in the stands and the Greek spectators think that he is a rival Greek GM. They don't know that he's Danny Ainge. So they start heckling him because they think he's a rival GM. And uh, they're very loud. If you know anything about Greek basketball, it is intense. Sometimes little flares are thrown And then somehow they find out he's Danny Ainge and they start taunting him and cursing him and saying, go Lakers, go Lakers. Uh, Danny's like, why is everyone doing this to me? And then he finally realizes that they realize who he is. So um, really sweet anecdote. And it's funny to think back, like, what if the Celtics would have took a chance on him? Oh, yeah. Celtics fans are angry with that anecdote. Uh, (laughs) Miriam, we really appreciate your time. Uh, Great work by you. You guys can check out the book wherever you get your books. Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. Thank you so much for joining us.
Thanks for having me. Bart, I think this is an interesting portion of the conversation around Giannis, how much we still have to learn. And, you know, I, I think it's been pointed out a few yeah. times of late that we have gotten so used to an NBA culture where we know LeBron from the time he's coming up from high school. Like, we're still learning about Giannis at 26, and, and these sorts of moments sort of remind us how different this is than what we're used to. And this is what happens when you win a title, right? You know, we know the what what he is, but we don't know why he is that way, right? And that's the, that's the part of the story that I'm more interested about as you hear why he's the way he is, why he was so loyal to Milwaukee. It has a lot to do with his upbringing, and we wasn't fortunate enough to understand his story, but I think it's exciting. It gives us a greater appreciation of who he is as we figure out, you know, how did he get to this destination? Well, and the loyalty that is obviously part of his fabric just makes you – it makes me look back at the way we've covered the decision to stay in Milwaukee over the last several years. Yeah. You know, and, and we talked so much, yelled so much, so many of us, about Milwaukee's need to do everything right now to make sure they kept Giannis. And then you hear the stories about his loyalty and you realize that, you know, I think this has happened so often. We're speaking for somebody without knowing somebody, right. and his situation was very different. Yeah, yeah, there was no chance for him to leave, right? We think, oh, he's going to run to the money, big market. You know, he can make millions of dollars. He wants to be comfortable. He wants a sense of family and extreme, you know, level of loyalty that he has. So I think the Bucks probably knew that, hey, Giannis, we, we can just tell Giannis we're going to get it done. He's going to believe us because he trusts us. And the culture shock. That Not around from, his Oreos, yeah, but we trust but, him. Yeah. Count, do you count, you count your Man, uh, I don't, I don't, hazelnut, hazelnut truffles? Well, count, yeah, no, I do. Okay. Because it's only usually five. Pricey. It's usually like, like five. Yeah, you know, you know if you miss one. But the whole thing of Oreos, I don't even. How many? Listen, can any fan out there call in any of our callers tell us how many Oreos come inside of a uh, of a pack? Yeah, triple eight say ESPN. Not the three, not the three pack. That's too easy. Like, I'm talking about the value pack. I, I really like if you count your Oreos. I, I would love to hear from you. Like this is a really yeah. and, and look. I you know I, I didn't grow up with much and uh, I grew up a fat kid. So notoriously, I didn't really like sharing my food because I didn't yeah. get to eat as often as some people, <laughs> and I wasn't going to give any. Right. Like so, to this day, when somebody's like, "Can I have one of your fries?" I'm that guy that's like, "No, no. you can go buy your own yeah, dang yeah, fries." Yeah. So like, I, I get I get a little bit of the territorialism with food, but count yeah, yeah. the Oreos, man. Yeah, that's that, a that's extreme. That's a different that's, level. That's a different like, level. Come on, dude. Yeah. Well, Giannis plays at a different level in general, and that's part of why we've had so much conversation about what this championship from Milwaukee means. To that end, Tim Legler was on uh, Get Up, our ESPN NBA analyst, and talked about this ring and why, to him, it means more. He's going to be a rarity in terms of what he has just accomplished and what he chose to do. So absolutely, to me, it carries more weight. Just like I think Steph Curry's first championship carries more weight than the two he won with Kevin Durant. I actually think LeBron's championship he won in Cleveland because of the significance to the franchise means more than the two that he won in Miami. Anybody that's ever been in a relationship knows quickly the eye roll head bob move that the significant other makes. I got that from Bart Scott almost immediately. You're not buying it? I mean, what weighs more, 10,000 pounds of feathers or 10,000 pounds of rocks? It's the same, man. To me, like, I think you know, it weighs the same. And, like, I don't think that this is unique. And maybe, first of all, he has, to win some, he has to win another one for him to figure out which one is more important to him, which I think, you know, if he gets another title, you know what I mean, I think the odds are that he won't get another title. I think this was admiration. You know, he's right place, right time, right circumstances. You know, perfect luck. But, you know, hats off to him. He did it his way, right? He didn't, he didn't run. And, you know, but they, it's not like they didn't bring two superstars to him. Yeah. Uh, I well, think not superstars, but, you know. We need to remember that 
in today, right? Right now, as we react, maybe it has more meaning. In 10 years, are people going to remember that part of the context? No, it's, so, it's all about championships. Apparently, a lot of people want to chime in. Paul in Virginia Beach calling in about Oreos. Paul, give it to me. Man, are you, are you an Oreo counter? My sources tell me there are 45 in the regular size pack. Ooh. Uh, all right. No, 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 but you didn't tell us, do you count your Oreos? Uh, no, they go too fast. No, see, that's, <laughs> that, that's, all right, Paul, Paul giving us the 45. Uh, I think it's Yotus in Virginia. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing it right. Uh, what do you got? What's your, what's your Oreo take for us? Yeah, Paul is right on the 45, and I do count my Oreos, and I am Greek. And part of it has to do with the fact that we have a large family. And anytime you have lots of brothers and sisters or lots of family members who live together, they steal food from one another. So it's kind of like a pre-portioned, like, this is how many you get, this is how many I get, and this is how many you get. And if anyone takes your Oreos or takes anything that you pre-portion out, whether it be your dinner or whatever, you know, you, you automatically catch it. So that's so, the thing that he's done just based on his family structure, so, so, and I'll so, take that off the air. So, Yodas, do you have, like, like, a loose board in your room where you hide, like, your stash? Like, you got a, you, you got a stash? He hung up. Way to go, Yodis. Yeah. Way to, way to, we're trying to make you a star. Way to go, Real Yodis. quick on this, guys. Apparently that they're supposed to be 45, but I'm reading an article from, from two years ago that due to inflation, Oreos actually dropped it down to 39. Oh, they so skimming off the top, to, yeah, man. I, look, they skimming off the top, man. Still, saving I'm three trying, cents. Like, I'm I mean, still trying to figure out the whole Yodis thing of like rationing because like, my brother's four and a half years older than I am, and – I mean, yeah. he, when, he my, when, my front te- when my front teeth were, were loose, he knocked them out yeah. for me. So I can't imagine yeah. going to him and being like, hey, uh, did you eat too many of the Oreos? Yeah. Uh, it's just- no, you know, it's like the Cheetos commercial. Like, it's like you put the, you put the <laughs> blue light on, like open your mouth because you know like the little chocolate, little dark uh, Oreos get stuck in your teeth. I ain't no Oreos. Yeah, open yeah. your mouth because mm-hmm. I know you don't brush your teeth yeah. but once a week. And then there'll be hell to pay. All right, uh, we're going to get thoughts on Oreos, college football, NFL, and everything from Booger McFarlane coming up next. But first, we got a Sports Center update to get you. One one, Flores hits a high drive. Left field. This one is gone. And the Giants have gone ahead in the ninth inning. His first career hit against Kenley Jansen was a bomb, a two-run homer. Three to two Giants here in the ninth. KMBR on the call. Sports Center right now. It was the game of the night between the Giants and the Dodgers. Both teams entered looking to be the first to 60 wins in the majors this year. The Dodgers had a 2-1 lead in the ninth. But the Giants tagged three. Off closer Kenley Jensen to win 4-2. The Giants were 0 for 25 when trailing, entering the ninth before yesterday. Jensen has now dropped two saves in the last week. Dodgers fans are mad. All right, let's move on to some NHL news. Release the Kraken, the NHL's newest expansion team. I'm never going to get tired of saying that. The Seattle Kraken officially filled out their roster as the expansion draft was held last night. So uh, they now know what their lineup looks like. It includes goalie Chris Dreiser from Flor- from the Florida Panthers. And the Kraken now join the NHL family. Moving on to some college football news. Texas and Oklahoma, they both want out of the Big 12, apparently, as they have both reached out seeking to join the SEC. After hearing the reports, Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork said, quote, we want to be the only SEC program in the state of Texas. 
There's a reason why Texas A&M left the Big 12, which I totally respect Bjork's take on it. I mean, I'd love to win the lottery, too. We just don't always get what we want. We'll see how that moves playing forward. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299 with no contract, all on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Uh, it's like mad uh, chaos in the world of college football right now. Between name, image, likeness, playoff expansion, and now Oklahoma and Texas deciding that they want to be part of the SEC. I just I can feel the collective heads exploding, exploding of college football fans everywhere. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to head over to the Goodyear hotline to get some expertise on this by our good friend ESPN football analyst Booger McFarland. Booger! Booger, we got a lot of football to get to, but first, do you or do you, do you personally or do you know anybody that counts their Oreos <laughs> every time they buy them? Not when you buy them. I definitely count them when I eat them because I want to know how fat I'm going to be after I eat a whole row of them. Yeah, but Mr. Peloton, like, I'm not buying that because, like, we see the numbers, dude. Like, I mean, what, what's your Peloton name, Booger? Oh, uh, it's really simple. Booger 9494. Ah, see, you all about that brand. See, I, I, I'm, I'm under a code name, Buzz Lightyear. Oh, oh, and you just gave your whole code well, name away, Bart. Like, I don't want to break it to you how code names work, but when you tell everybody, like, I, I didn't tell you the ending of the buzz. Oh, here. okay, okay, that's fair. I'm disappointed, Bart, because I I've been riding for about two and a half years, and I, I hadn't got a text or, or a DM like, hey, let's ride or nothing, man. See, well, Boog, it's like this, right? I'm, I'm sure when we were playing, I probably could beat you in a sprint, but listen. Riding on a Peloton or a bike is a different thing, so I don't want to get you know lapped by my lineman. You sitting up there laughing at me, so like keep up, little Slim Jim. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm too fragile that way, Booger. I hear you. It's all good. Let's ride some time, though, buddy. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying. I see Booger all the time, and you look good. All right, so let's talk Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, realistically, do you think they end up in the SEC? Well, I think eventually it's going to happen. I, I, I also think that eventually college football is going to end up with these super conferences where you're going to have four uh, four conferences, probably going to have 16, 18 teams, and then we're just going to do away with the NCAA. I think that's eventually uh, where we're headed, uh, albeit probably 10 years from now. I, I think the thing that people want to know now is can this happen uh, in the relative future? I don't think it's going to happen soon uh, as in the next five years. But I do think that eventually that's what you're going to get. And it's not just going to be the SEC. I think the rest of the people in the Big 12 are going to have to go somewhere. Uh, you know, so maybe they go to the Pac-12. And eventually you're going to get four super conferences that are going to have 16, 18 teams apiece in it. Is that good or bad for college football? I think it's great for college football, man, because eventually uh, I think each team's going to play, uh, still play 12 games. You're going to come up with a, a playoff system. Uh, it's going to look more and more like the NCAA basketball. Uh, I think that's what people want. I think the only thing that really bothers me or really worries me is if we get to a situation in order to crown a champion where we're playing 16, 17 games, because then I think there has to be a line of delineation drawn that separates college athletics from professional athletics. And if if, if it's not going to be uh, the number of games, which we continue to preach health and safety, so why are we asking college kids to play the same number of games as NFL uh, players. And so that's the thing that I worry about. And I will continue to be an advocate of the student athlete, regardless of how much NIL money they're getting. 
somebody has to speak for them, and, and I'll do that. And you know that's what's going to be, be said, right? They're going to say, hey, well, we don't have a 50-man roster. We got 100 um, you know, players on our roster, and we can open up our roster. So, you know, in essence, if we play more games, it's more money for everybody and more money for those players. You know, speaking of the NIL, what do you think about the comments of Nick Saban kind of talking about, hey, you know, we haven't even named this kid the starting quarterback, Brady, but, you know, it's because of the brand that he's already got a million-dollar you know, contract in the in, um, in contracts. So how do you think that's going to play to people really using that in recruiting? Well, um, I don't think it's going to change much, Bart. Think about this, man. Like, even back when you, when you and I were in school, like, it's always been the have and the have-nots. Like, every team we played on, we can think about five to seven guys that were the haves, and everybody else kind of fit in around those guys. I think when all this settles, you're still going to have a very similar situation where you're going to have a handful of guys, the quarterback, the star running back, the linebacker that runs his mouth a lot, and those guys are going to get a lot of money, uh, especially if you make plays. Eventually, Bart, you know, football comes down to this. Do you have guys that can make plays and are impacting the game, or do you have what we call the clubhouse lawyers, the guys that stand on the sideline and scream and yell and let's go, but those guys can't bust a great. Well, those guys aren't going to be – uh, amongst the NIL uh, profiters. And so I, I think that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. And if I were a coach, I would use NIL um, to coerce these players. Hey, it's really simple. Play better, you get more money. However, also, once you get the money, then you also have to conduct yourself in a manner like professionals, meaning if you have a deal for a, a half a million dollars and you go out and you get a DUI, well, guess what? Just like professional players, you're going to get dropped by that company. So if I'm a coach, I'm going to use the NIL to my advantage to motivate my players, to get them to um, act accordingly. And I think this can be a win-win. But the problem is guys like us, me, you, and Fitzy, who are a part of the old school, we kind of turn our nose up at the fact that a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old like Bryce Young is already making a million bucks. And we're like, how can this happen? Well, it's just a changing of times. And I think we have to get used to that. I mean, how, how, do, how do coaches guard against, like, the guy that's trying to be the star that's not really the star that's out there hot-dogging because he wants to get some type of, you know, um, brand name or pulling up some name and image of a T-shirt or something out there? You know, like, you know, guys out there acting like the Michael Irvin-led Hurricanes out there dancing and twerking and stuff after touchdowns. How do you guard against that? The one thing coaches have always been able to use, Bart, you know what it is, playing time. It's really simple, man. Hey, I control the playing time, okay? I don't control what happens between the white lines to a certain extent, but guess what? I can always take away the playing time. And when you're at these big schools, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, guess what? You have a, 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 an ability because of the depth, because of the numbers of five-star uh, five guys on your team, you can just plug and play. So guess what? If you go out there and you don't do it, I'm going to just put you on the bench. And how many NIL deals are you going to get on the bench? Not many. So, again, I am going to use this. If, if, if you're going to hold this over my head, per se, and say, hey, Bryce Young, you got a million bucks already. Man, he's making more than some of the assistant coaches, Bart. But guess what I can hold over his head? I can always say, okay, Bryce, you want to hot dog it? You want to go out and act like your stuff doesn't stink? It's really simple. I'll just play the next quarterback because I can do that because I recruit five stars. So I don't think this is going to be the wild, wild west like a lot of people think that these kids are just going to automatically start running college football. I still think that if done the proper way, the kids can benefit and the coaches can still have the ultimate authority that they do. 
You guys can follow him on Twitter at ESPN Booger. Boog, man, always appreciate your time, my friend. Stay safe. Can't wait to see you this fall, brother. Anytime. Hey, hey, hey uh, let Bart talk just a little bit more, okay? I've been listening to you guys this morning. You don't let Bart talk enough. Well, I mean, it, he's already got a swole head. Like, I got to make sure that I keep him in his place. You well, know, like, well, that's I'm well, the enforcer here, Boog. Hey, Boog, he's compensating. You know how that is. Well, I mean, I'm a little guy. <laughs> it's all good. Just, Later, oh, fellas. <laughs> just remember, Bart, at the end of the day, I was a fiddle player. Like, my people were like the kickers and punters of every band. Like, so, yeah, we, you don't stand a ole, chance. Ole, 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 ole. Oh, God. I can't make this stop. Ole, all right. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and ole. Zubin. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jason ole. Fitz. Speaking of Bart, there's one quarterback in the NFL, one future Hall of Famer that Bart says we're all sleeping on. We'll tell you why after he tells you about this. Does the thought of selling your motorcycle, ATV, or vehicle already make you exhausted? Then there's no need to keep putting it off because RumbleOn.com makes selling easy. You'll have a cash offer in minutes and a free pickup on Harleys, Polaris, Can-Ams, and Yamahas. Trade in or sell... Rumble On will pay you cash no matter what your maker model. See what Rumble On can do for you by visiting rumbleon.com. Fast bikes, faster cash. Coming up tomorrow on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Pro Football Hall of Famer Ray Lewis as our countdown to the NFL season continues. Ray Lewis with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin tomorrow morning at 930 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. John J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN 2. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz. We're in for the guys. It's the first day of training camp as everybody's reporting. Everybody's getting into it for a couple of teams. And that means it gives us a good opportunity to rank stuff. Bart's rankings are brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. I ask you, Bart, can you rank for us the five players we are sleeping on? Number five. Mm, Number five. Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Junior Whopper. Junior Whopper led the league last year with 39 turnovers. You'll tell you what, he's going to be much better this year. This is a make-or-break year for him. Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Ingram. He has a, a loaded roster, and he's pushing for the division title, competing against Dallas and the Washington football team. Danny Dimes, Junior Whopper, my number five. If, if he plays really well this year, can he become a Junior Bacon Cheeseburger from Wendy's? Because we all know that's better than a Junior Whopper. Okay. Uh-huh. But you know, Junior Whopper hands, you, he not, his hands not big enough I'm to keeping hold the Whopper. Junior, it's he, a Junior he, he Bacon Cheeseburger. Okay, okay. 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 Like Go that. on to your next one. Number four. Number four. 
Carson Wentz. Ooh. Listen, Philadelphia Eagles went all in. They won their title, but they had an old roster, an aging roster, and they should, couldn't support and protect you know, um, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz goes back with Frank Wright. He's going to be able to be in a comfortable situation. He's out of a big media market. He's playing for a historical you know, um, uh, organization that has had Peyton Manning, that has had Andrew Luck, and he's going to be the next in those great lists of those guys. This is a redemption story. If they can protect and revive you know, Phillip Rivers, who was on life support when he was a member of the, of the Chargers, I think Carson Wentz is going to be just fine. Carson Wentz is my number four. Y'all be sleeping. Is there Number any pressure? Three. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Number three, no. some people call him Fitz Magic. Some people call him Fitz Tragic. Ryan Fitzpatrick is my number three. He's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> but when he's on, man, is he on. You talk about having a great defense like he has out there. They went out and upgraded the, the weapons on the offensive side of the ball. He's a guy that's smart enough. He's evolution. You ever seen his frontal lobe? He is the next generation of man. You talk about that, he's smart. So smart, I used to tell him all the time, hit him with a book. I tell you what, Ryan Fitzpatrick gives him stability. This was a team that was a playoff team last year. Fish tragic, fish magic. I don't know what you call him. Just call him number three. Number two. Number two, I'm telling you, everybody's sleeping on this team. This has been a story about a, a guy that was an MVP candidate last year. Yeah, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, all they did in the offseason is go get him. A.J. Green also already had Christian Kirk. Went out and got Rondell Moore, who's like a mini Percy Harvin right there. You talk about being able to have a gadget guy, a guy that's tough, guy that has a 42-inch vertical. You pair him in some type of speed option, RPO with Murray. Murray is going to be my number two. I think you're sleeping on him. He's a sneaky pick also for MVP. Mm, that takes us to... Number one. Number number one. This dude has more lives than Michael Myers. Every time you think he's dead, <laughs> he just rises up. All you need is Paul Bear saying, rise, my son. Rise, my son. You were sleeping. Everybody been sleeping on Big Ben. I'm tired of all this slander, all this hate on Big Ben. He had his team 11-0 with no running game. Now they have Najee Harris. He's going to have a running game. He's going to have balance, and they're going to put him on a pitch count. Let me give you a list of guys that Big Ben are better than that was well and played at a high level well into their 40s you got Benny Tessaverde you got Warren Moon John Elway and yes that guy named Brett Favor he's better than all of them check his resume I googled it I'm legit Big Ben aka Michael Myers is my number one put some respect on Big Ben's name and you know I'm not lying because I hate the damn Steelers I'm a raven damn it Bart Scott, Jason Fitz, and Bart Scott, you have lost your mind. A couple of things here. Number one, it's top players. It's, it's top five players, not top five quarterbacks. I love that you went all quarterbacks, but that's fine. That's fine. I'll forgive it. I can't go with you on the Ben thing. I, I just can't. I, I can't find a way. Why not? He's 39 years old. Okay. Like, there's a spot where he's 39. Tom Brady's 45. Yeah, well, there's a difference in the. I, I'm 44, and Tom Brady, like, there's a difference I'm 40, between I'm how a people. Man. I'm, I'm a man. There's a difference in how they're taking care of themselves. Like, look at, look at, we're supposed to be buying that this picture of, Bra- the, of, of, of Ben is like svelte Ben. Like, not, like, he's not. He's Big not, Ben does not blow, balloon up to fat bastard in the offseason anymore. Uh, he's uh, okay. He's, listen, he's eating better. 
He's not. He's not. He's still eating French fries. He he eating nightshades, but it ain't the same amount of nightshades. I, just because Tom Brady eating avocado toast don't mean that Big Ben is some fat ass. But we're not. We're, you're you're telling me we're sleeping on somebody, but you're also telling me that part of the reason is because they're going to run the ball more and they have a great defense. That's not sleeping on a quarterback. That's you're, saying that now, if you surround that quarterback with all the right things, maybe he can turn around and win. Like that, that's a totally different conversation. No, it's I'm called betting. balance. It's it's called preser- pres- preserving him, right? You, it's a reason you put him on a pitch count. You don't want some man throwing 50 times. It, the, the likelihood that something bad is going to happen when you throw the ball 50 times is pretty damn high. Guess what's safe? Turn around handing the ball off. Play action pass. Big Ben standing in the pocket. Creating the passing lanes. He has probably, to me, the best um, – you know, everybody talks about Cleveland and, and, and Baker Mayfield. I would take the skill position players – of the Pittsburgh Steelers over that of the Cleveland Browns. What about the running situation? I mean, you just said, like, Baker's going to live in a situation where he can just hand the ball off a bunch and then, as bad as this word is to so many people, manage the game and opportunities. That's the same thing you're telling me that that Ben's going to be doing. Big Ben, much like Peyton Manning late in his career, it's not about his physical attributes. It's about his mental attributes. He He lived in a world, in a conference. We had to deal with them Baltimore Ravens and those complex blitz coverages. He's seen it all. It's nothing that anybody can show him. And what he's going to do, he's going to get you in the right play. Omaha, Omaha. Oh, you want to bring that safety down? Guess what? I'm going to run the opposite side, make it easy on myself. He's playing like Yoda, above the shoulders. Baker Mayfield, not so much. Yeah. More touchdown passes, well, more commercials than touchdown passes, and, and Odell Beckham's going to mess it all up. Uh, by the end of the year, Big Ben's going to be the third or fourth best quarterback in his division, and the Steelers yeah, will miss yeah, the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, telling you. I'm sure they're putting tooth to truth Dwayne Haskins out there uh, out there to replace him. I'm we'll sure get more from Steelers camp coming up next. KJ and Z, Bart Scott, and Jason Fitz filling in. <laughs> 